I did write when I was writing the Airbnb message that you always write in the house. I was right. writing, I'll be in town for a podcasting convention. <laughs> Movies by minutes podcast convention. That might be the nerdiest thing I've ever oh, written. No, I know. My <laughs> wife is relishing telling other people what I'm doing that weekend. And I'm like, can you just keep it to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> just say I'm drinking for like one night. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi classic Predator, one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And this week we're talking Minute 52 of Predator. 52 you could call the Ray Lewis Hall of Fame linebacker Hmm. for the Baltimore Ravens of NFL football games. Ray Lewis. Mm -hmm. He played for a long time. Long time. A long time. He was like an old linebacker, but still good. Yeah. yeah. Was yeah, he on the I Ravens think, the whole time? I believe he was on the Ravens the whole time, and I think he was on both of their Super Bowl teams, if I remember. Same thing will make you laugh or make you cry. Well, we're a six minute ball club, buddy. Yeah, well, he didn't. He those were re- like far apart. Those were like, yeah. We're talking like 2000 and then 2014 or something like that. Right. Incredible right. length of time. That's crazy. For, a linebacker to be that uh, that elite. Well, his retirement year, they won, right? Is, yeah, I Was think that's the year, the year they had like the ridiculous Hail Mary Joe past Flacco. the Broncos. And like they really should have been doing a prevent defense and they weren't. So they gave that up and then, right, then they went on to win the Super Bowl against the Niners. When I'm texting with my fantasy football friends and I mm-hmm. type the word Flacco, it autocorrects to flaccid. <laughs> And so Joe Flacco's name is now just eternally flaccid whenever my friends and I talk about him. Oh, man. <laughs> the perfect nickname for him, I think. Joe Flaccid. So Ray Lewis, all right. Yeah, Ray Lewis. <laughs> uh, Hall of Famer. So we're talking, like I said, Minute 52 of Predator. Minute 52 opens with Dylan, Dylan. and Panchito setting up the field radio and ends with Mac turning away Mac. from his conversation, his conversation with Dutch. Mac. Mac, Mac. Yeah. So what, so, what are we seeing here in this first part? Sure. So uh, we can we're gonna break this minute down into two about two thirty second portions. Uh, this first part we get a nice kind of long sweeping shot from right to left, and we see um, Dylan and Dylan Panchito. Uh, they're kind of messing around in the background with the field radio. Is that what that is? Yes. The little radio. They got that little kind of satellite looking thing that they're setting up. And uh, then the camera pans uh, to the left and kind of focuses in on a long wire that leads us down to Mac. 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 And he's kneeling right over a flare launcher. Uh, I think Mac just texted me. <laughs> Stop yelling my name. Mac. What do you want? Uh, and Mac is kind of putting some uh, moss Mac. 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 over the barrel. Uh, and kind of feeling the tension on the wire here. And then he looks up and that kind of, I think that's a minute or excuse me, second 29 or 30 or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on this uh, first little sequence here? This is a nice sweeping shot, isn't it? Yeah, it's a nice sweeping shot that continues the last 10 seconds of the previous minute and involves or includes the first 30 seconds of this minute, making this a nice nearly 40 second wonder uh, very impressive and, uh, and these wonders are just so sneaky how they 
pop in the movie and then all, all of a sudden you're realizing that you're seeing so many things uh, in one sweep. Like you said, you start off with in the background an elevated position because they're in this uh, tumultuously elevated jungle. Yeah. Just all sorts of ups and downs uh, where you have the field radio being set up and instead of like cutting to Mac, God. it just sweeps slowly downward past the uh, past the tripwire, the big tripwire. And then they see Mac, um, Mac, more, Mac. Le- Mac Mac. more or less in the foreground and lower uh, than the field radio operators. Yeah, you get a nice kind of sense of, of depth here and mm-hmm. uh, kind of an understanding of the terrain that they're working with. Um, and once again, we've said this over and over again, but this is, you know, what's nice about having a good director like McTiernan doing this. These types of dynamic shots just really give some fluidity and uh, just a nice flow to the film. Um, and I always appreciate these types of camera shots where the camera will move and you sort of get little vignettes of, of characters doing things and it moves from one mm-hmm. thing to the next to the next. The classic example, of course, being the very famous long one shot in Goodfellas where we see mm-hmm. room after room after room of, of little vignettes, things that are happening. In that mm-hmm. movie. That's a great one. Every time I come here, every time you do, do what? Yeah, because um, when it's done right, it really shows, it shows how well people are fulfilling their roles uh, as well as hitting their marks as actors. Mm-hmm. But also yeah. like in this case, it's a team uh, preparing for night camping. So what are they doing? They're setting up the radio, they're setting up the traps, and they're not doing this in a montage style. They're doing it in a very realistic fashion where you're seeing it all happen at the same time. Yeah, in real time. Moving the camera from uh, person to person. Uh, Dylan and Poncho are messing with that radio like the Mm -hmm. same way that me and a friend might be messing with our tent if we were camping, trying to set it up together. It looks like they're struggling to get (laughs) that. I can imagine the conversation they're having. Just give it to me. No, I got it. I got it. Right. Just, just well, hand it over. <laughs> jiggle the antenna. Right. Yeah. No, you got to pull this thing right here. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to save some radio talk for when Dylan is talking on the radio because Dylan, Dylan. I'm super curious about doing some research about what kind of radio this is and its uh, yeah. capabilities because yeah. it just it just looks super super cool with the design with the little canvas satellite um it's not some fixed satellite you know hard dish it's right basically like a <laughs> almost like a little tiny camping chair it's like an umbrella yeah yeah a little umbrella like inverted umbrella what what do you think uh dylan is gonna say like let's say you're watching this first time you see them setting up the radio and all dutch has said is dylan dylan better get on a radio what do you think uh, Dylan is expected to send out as a message? God, I feel like at this point, just try to make contact, mm-hmm. right? Just get a hold of somebody. Contact! Not that kind of contact. Right. <laughs> just get a hold of somebody so you can let them know where your position is and and hopefully get somebody in there to help them out. It feels, you know, it, it feels like at this point that they are pretty deep and you wonder... Mm-hmm. If setting up this radio, you know, your first time viewing, you wonder if setting up this radio is really just sort of a futile exercise, something just to keep the team busy. Ooh, um, good point. You know, you wonder if if in the back of Dutch's mind, if he's like, well, I don't think we're going to, you know, I don't think it's going to do anything, but it's something to do. So go set it up. 
you know mm-hmm. yeah keep their keep their minds occupied and right. their, their bodies occupied i don't see anna anna in this scene <laughs> and like all minutes i've watched it a few times uh i have to think that she's up there like semi being guarded by dylan and Panchito and billy yeah one would assume huh but you're right we don't see her up there we should probably talk about Mac, <laughs> Mac doing his best, like little kid looking down the barrel of a firework impression right here. Yeah, that's dangerous, Mac. It is quite dangerous, if, right? He's he's simply staring down the barrel as he covers it up with moss. At least from our perspective, our depth of field makes it looks like makes it look like he's looking right down the barrel, testing whatever, like its placement. And you have to think that it's loaded and ready to go because. He's covering up with the moss and yeah. basically calling it good. I would be, <laughs> it's not like he's loading afterwards. Right. I don't know. I would be sitting way back, putting that moss yeah. very tenderly over it. I would not be, mm-hmm. you know, it's like uh, Daffy Duck staring into the barrel of a shotgun or something from a Looney Tunes mm-hmm. cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> he's about to get like the big black uh, smoke in his face and then his hair is right. all, like, uh, all charred and pushed back. <laughs> <laughs> It reminds me of like the scene we talked about when they cut the lines for the landmines a long time ago where Mac and Blaine were doing that um, when they're initially approaching the gorilla camp. Right. And right. we're talking about Claymore's how on a Claymore mine, it says in big letters, point this side toward the enemy. Right. <laughs> it should, it's like maybe Mac needs that printed on the side of the barrel. Like print it, point this at the enemy. Don't look in the barrel. Don't stare down the barrel. Yeah. at the very end of this little one shot i like how the camera sort of rotates around mac uh Mm. you kind of look at that it 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 sort of looks like one of those like sports cameras where they do that on the nfl football field where the camera like oh sure spider camera whatever that's called yeah like comes around to that branch or that stick and then sort of like swings around yeah it almost like turns from a a dolly shot into handheld mm-hmm. because when it starts i feel like when it starts to rotate around him i feel like there's a little bit of jostling that a handy cam yeah a handy cam steady cam will i don't even know what the word is <laughs> the handheld camera will provide that kind of uh shakiness yeah yeah yeah, yeah for sure uh well uh do you have anything else to add on this uh the first half of this minute here uh the music definitely playing at a subtler level right now it's yeah it's much more uh, subdued kind of, isn't it yeah much more subdued dude dude um, dude, <laughs> dude. <laughs> as the the team is kind of taking a break after some predator attacks and we're resting a little bit the music's still playing in the background so there's that the hint of the threat always present but uh it's not a big action piece right now um, and there is there's a, there's a whole section in the there's a whole section in the field guide to jungle operations which we've referenced at past times uh, just what they're doing here they're setting up their perimeter defenses for um a nighttime halt mm. extended halt a halt they would call it yeah so they, they do mention in um, the defenses using claymores, um, hand grenades, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But they also mention dragons in, in another section. And I had to look dragon? up what a dragon is. A dragon is 
a missile launcher. It's basically oh. a rocket launcher that if the crew had them, they'd be used for perimeter defense, which I think is uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny to think about that. Yeah. You're putting this massive weapon, but then again, this is Predator with old painless and the M60. Yeah, it would kind of fit weapons. the motif, wouldn't it? <laughs> it really would. You'd need like one person uh, who doesn't have a unique weapon. I guess Hawkins would be it, who'd be carrying uh, right. the big rocket launcher. Hmm. <laughs> but no, I can. I just got an image of them all like sleeping, like next to each other, sleeping bags, <laughs> and just surrounded by rockets pointing outwards, <laughs> <laughs> just bristling with firepower. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's a nice, nice night's sleep. Yeah. Um, all what right. Well, uh, does that bring us to the second half of the minute here? It does. I, bl- I believe it'll bring us to a dramatic line reading, it which does. I'm excited for. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, uh, Mac. Mac. Uh, is looking up at Dutch. Um, and uh, Dutch is kind of keeping lookout up here on this perch, right? He's got his weapon up there. He's mm-hmm. just kind of sitting, keeping watch while everyone else does their jobs. Uh, and then they have a little conversation here. Um, do you want to be uh, Mac? Mac. Mac. Yeah, and you can be Dutch. I'll be, I'll be Dutch. Okay. <clears throat> I got to get my Dutch voice here. Major? I set up flares, frags, and claymores. Nothing's coming near this place without tripping on something. Thank you, Sergeant. Mac. Mac. He was a good... <laughs> he was a good soldier. He was, um, my friend. Oh. And sadness. Gut-wrenching. Sad oh, yeah. right there. So sad. Sad Mac. Sad Mac. Yeah, probably, Mac. to me, this is one of the sadder... Uh, moments of the film. I, I put this up there with Dutch riding the helicopter mm. right before the end credits uh, for sad moments because with Hawkins, we didn't really have any reflecting going on. Nobody was really missing Hawkins, but Blaine is going to basically catch all of the missing of a, a fallen comrade in this movie. I don't I don't really feel like there's any reflecting done once all hell breaks loose, once the Predator basically goes through the remaining four team members who are not Dutch or Anna Anna. Yeah. Um, right? There's there's no reflecting on... Well, there's not really Mac any time for Dylan, it, right? Because it all starts happening right. very fast. Yeah. Yep. Happens super fast. And we're not left to mourn their deaths like we're meant to think about and mourn uh, the death of Blaine. Yeah, and the film kind of moves pretty quickly past Hawkins. Um, yeah. We don't get a lot of reflection on that, but yeah, the they do linger here on the relationship between Mac and Blaine. Um, Mac. Mac. And uh, it's, it's a good kind of pause. I feel like this is a little bit of a calm before the storm here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we do get some nice uh, acting here from Bill Duke. Um, Because that is one sad face he's got going on. You you believe him. Yeah, you believe him when he says, you know, he was my friend. He was uh, my friend. And uh, Mm -hmm. he's he's clearly kind of in a state of depression here. Poor Mac. Yeah, and poor Mac. Poor Mac. Mac. I just just feel for him, and they're going to continue to hit upon their friendship uh, in the next few minutes, especially like during the Mm -hmm. nighttime camp scene. And again, it's it's really the only reflecting we're doing on a fallen soldier, and I, I think it's an interesting choice to make it about Blaine and Max's friendship. Yeah, probably because they're 
the ones who actually show a friendship. Everybody else kind of has a general camaraderie. Uh, and he here he's using the words. He was my friend. Right. I'm not like leaving it as some mysterious relationship where they, you know, were they just buddies or were they just fellow soldiers who survived a lot of uh, combat together? No, they're friends. And, you know, maybe they uh, had plans for after uh, their big jungle excursion here. Maybe right. they, they had like, yeah, they're going to use their earnings from this latest mission to, I don't know. They were going to go have a flask of Jack. Yeah, flask of Jack. Jack What's Daniels. Jack? Uh, <laughs> Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels. Um, we get one of your favorite uh, little uh, camera techniques here, don't we? What? The rack focus. <laughs> rack focus. Oh, I love the rack focus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a, a very uh, deliberate one here because... Dutch is very, very much in the foreground, and Mac, Mac. is really far back in the background, uh, in the Mac, Mac ground, if you will. And uh, we get a very kind of deliberate rack focus between the two of them as they're having their conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he says Mac, and then Mac, pause, Mac, Mac pauses, it goes from the close-up on Mac's face back to what you're saying with Dutch in the foreground, Mac in the background, in the lower background mind you were yeah dutch's he's literally lower yeah in the job lower and out of focus as he was saying he was a good soldier and then when mac delivers his line about he was um my friend it is focusing on mac and dutch becomes fuzzier in the foreground Uh, and the way i was analyzing that with a little bit of lit analysis was that it's actually showing dutch's thoughts focusing from just his perspective and his kind of canned answer to say he was a good soldier yeah, and then making him really focus on what is going on with Mac, what's happening with Mac's emotions and um, what he must be going through Uh, because, you know, giving Mac the job, kind of like the radio setup, giving Mac this job of setting up all the perimeter defenses has to be partly a way to distract Mac from the grief and uh, the sorrow he's feeling, the loss he's feeling. I, I was thinking about that as I was watching this. Like that line that he says, you know, he was a good soldier does feel kind of like a, like you said, a, a canned line, like mm-hmm. something you would say kind of about anybody. Um, and you, you kind of wonder like, is this kind of Dutch's defense mechanism? Is this just sort of his way of being able to say something? Does he not quite know what else to say? Because he's mm-hmm. also upset. Because it's sort of an impersonal thing to say about him, especially when you're talking to someone who is a good friend with him. So I thought I found that kind of interesting. Um, I kind of wonder, like, is this a choice about his character? Does he kind of try to hold his team members at arm's length a little bit and emotionally? Um, because in war, people die, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, you try to put up that that protective emotional armor sometimes um, in Mm -hmm. the event that someone does die. Yeah. And the more I think of it, the more I'm also thinking that coming from Dutch as their leader, as the major, um, he was a good soldier might be the highest of praise that they're going to hear about each other or themselves. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That might be in his mind, but he's saying the nicest thing he can. Yeah. Maybe perhaps. Yeah. That's high praise. Kind of like when, yeah, you're trying to, please someone or like you've ever had that hard to please teacher or mentor and finally they give like just like a little bit of yeah good job on that it makes you feel really good right you just try to impress all the more but yeah here dutch is turning to mac as mac is walking away from whatever he was doing is his finishing touches on his his traps Hmm. all right well 
That brings us to the end of Sad Mac. Um, Sad Mac. Sad I, Mac. I, I guess I'd add a question because yeah. he mentions flares, which makes sense because flares are going to alert everybody and light up the right. night sky. And claymores are um, mines. Right, these mines that blow out words when they're tripped. But I didn't understand what he meant by frags because when frags are discussed in this movie and other movies um, i took that to mean that those are hand grenades i'm not really sure how you'd set up a hand grenade as a defense unless you're also tying a string to that and if, if the string is tripped well that takes the ring out and explodes the hand grenade but hand grenade is not really meant as a perimeter defense because it just kind of blows up all around itself it like creates right. like a huge hole in the ground it just goes every which way hmm i was wondering with your experience in frags what do you think you meant by that yeah I don't, that's a you're right because frag is usually used uh to talk about like a hand grenade or or also it's isn't it slang for like if you kill <laughs> one of your own like like in a video game if you kill one of the people on your team isn't that a frag right right and you hear it all the time in uh, friendly fire they talk about that yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're like, we're talking about soldiers fragging a fellow officer or a fellow soldier. I don't know. Uh, is there a specific type of gr- of mine or grenade that might be designated as a frag? I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't have caught that. If I was just watching this, not, <laughs> not analyzing it minute by minute, I probably wouldn't have thought twice about that line. But now that mm-hmm. you say it, yeah, that is... Interesting. It sounds like just like kind of in context, it sounds like it might be a different sort of explosive device that maybe sprays shrapnel or something is what comes to my mind. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I think it's just another thing to the writers are throwing on there. (laughs) They just throw it in there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like they're really setting up some defenses by also putting hand grenades around. I'm, I'm not really sure what else they would be putting up as some kind of defense that could be a good third item. Yeah. Well, the I'm looking at the, the dictionary definition here, and it comes from the, the phrase fragmentation bomb. Uh, so perhaps it's uh, just a different sort of mine, um, different style of mine that they set up. I don't know. Maybe. 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 Well, I don't think we'll ever know, unfortunately. So we'll have to have uh, Bill Duke on the show. Maybe he can tell us. Yeah. Come on, Bill Duke. Come on the show. I know you listen. Yeah, I know you're listening, Bill Duke. Just pick up, you know, pick up the Bill Duke phone and give us a call. <laughs> pick up the Bill Duke phone. I've got a direct line. It's the Bill Duke phone. All you got to do is pick it up and call me. <laughs> if it's major, hit me on my pager. Ring my telephone. That thing sticks in my head every once in a while. Oh, I don't know 40, why. Dude, I love yeah. it. easy for cheesy. Yeah. UB40. <laughs> red, red wine. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> Do you remember when that UB40 song first came out? The the Fool's Russian song. The No, the Fool's Russian. It was like their big hit. It was the Elvis cover. Oh. oh. Wise men say only fools rush in. Yes. Do you remember that? That, that? that music video was huge as well. And that whole movie, that was the movie Sliver. It was about like a guy spying on a woman through a crack in the wall. Oh, man. But that music video, I remember, was huge. And that song was just everywhere. That's funny. I don't remember the video. Yeah, you'll, uh, you'll have to I'll look it up. You don't have to, but <laughs> you can watch it. Sliver. Was that kind of like a, um, like a basic instinct knockoff type of deal? I okay, think so. That, I think it's one of the Baldwin brothers is spying on Ooh. Sharon Stone. I think I don't remember. Now this is starting to sound like Basic Instinct. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sliver music video. Uh, okay, maybe UB40. Yeah, I can't help falling in love. No, I just like. And like oh, yeah. a lot of the cutaways during the song are like security footage showing the singers, like, given their piece. Oh, and here's the uh, film Sliver, 1993. Ooh, it's an erotic thriller. Sharon Stone, William, Billy Baldwin. Ah. Oh, and Tom Berenger. Nice. Wow, it's an all-star cast. (laughs) Man. The early 90s, early to mid-90s, is just chock full of erotic thrillers. Mm -hmm. I feel like one came out every week. Yeah, like a a basic instinct. Basic instinct. Uh, What's the famous one with Michael Douglas that kind of started them all? Um, oh, uh, Wall Street. No, no, the where she kills the rabbit. Uh, oh, Romance in the Stone. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> she kills a rabbit. Yeah, she fucking. Oh, 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 yeah. Rabbit. Um, that's fatal. Fatal attraction. Attraction. Thank you. Sorry, uh, yeah. a brain fart there. <laughs> Romancing the Stone. <laughs> and then Danny DeVito comes in. It's like, hey, do you know? Do you know who did the music for Romancing the Stone? Uh, was it Alan Silvestri? It was. Oh, wow. I was watching a movie the other day. So good. Have you seen The Crudes? It's kind of like a CGI, like caveman movie. Oh, it's pretty recent. No, I have not. I was confusing it with Early Man. I saw Early Man, and that one's terrible. Oh no, The Crudes wasn't too bad. It has Nicolas Cage doing some voice acting. Oh, that's cool. No, Early Man was like a a stop animate, stop go animation. Like the Wallace and Gromit guys made it, but it was a flop. It was not good. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah, I know. I was disappointed. Anyway, sorry. The Crudes. Uh, there's there. Oh yeah, uh, Eva had that on the other day, and I think it's a more recent movie. I think it's like yeah, 2014 or 2015. And there's some musical flourishes, and I instantly thought that sounds like Alan Silvestri. Then I went to IMDb, and it was him. He did do the music for them, which I thought was really interesting because nowadays his scores are all like Avengers soundtracks. Oh and yeah, they do not sound like anything like his old stuff. They sound really generic, just all like big blockbuster, right? Filling up the airwaves with just like your hero music. There's nothing really remarkable, remarkable about right. it. So it's interesting Pretty that he generic. still has that yeah. in him, which, which was, which was nice to hear. Yeah. I'm still on the Sliver uh, Wikipedia page. (laughs) Uh, The original cut of the movie was rated NC-17. What? And they they had to cut out some uh, full frontal male nudity in order to get an R rating. One can only hope that that was Billy Baldwin. (laughs) (laughs) And not CCH Pounder. Oh, no, that's a woman. But and still. hopefully not Tom Berenger. Um, <laughs> not Martin Landau? Ooh. I think he was like 70 at the time or something. So <laughs> I hope so. Oh. He just doesn't care anymore. Sliver was nominated for Worst Picture, Worst Director, Worst Screenplay, Worst Actor, Worst Actress, Worst Supporting Actor, and Worst Supporting Actress. Wow. <laughs> for the Raspies. The Razzies, wow, they are, yeah, wow. <laughs> Although the Razzies are dumb, I don't put any stock in the Razzies. They also called The Shining one of the worst movies of the year that year. Oh, I never listened to the Razzies, but that is funny. <laughs> anyway, this is so, Ghosty Sliver. That's movie. our big recommend. Yeah. <laughs> you can cut all of that. <laughs> oh no, it's it's staying in Sliver Minute. <laughs> sliver Minute. We gave it its minute. Yeah. It's, it's, that's the most anyone's ever talked about Sliver on a podcast. 
<laughs> or just in general, <laughs> unless the people who you know worked on the movie, right? <laughs> um, I think the last thing I have for this is the one script difference is that um, in the script, Mac still explains to Dutch the big Mac, the, Mac all the defenses he's setting up, but there's no he was a good soldier, he was my friend mm. exchange in the script, which. I'm glad it's here in the movie. I'm glad it's one thing they added yeah. to give a little bit of depth to characters. A little because, humanity. Yeah, I, I like to feel for my characters. I like to, you know, what's going on in their heads. And um, it's a really, really rare moment where you know exactly what's going through someone's head in this movie. For the most part, it's just all action. You have to glean from that what they must be feeling. Yeah. Uh, and even here, he's not saying I'm sad. He's just saying he was um, my friend. But the way he delivers it, obviously... Has shown that he's in a he's in a world of hurt. You lose it here, you're in a world of hurt. Yeah, that was a good addition, and I wonder if that was uh, added there on set uh, as they were prepping for the scene, or if uh, that was part of uh, the rewrite process. They knew they have Bill Duke, who's a really good actor, so they said, "Yeah, hey, let's stretch this guy a little bit. Let's give uh, Mac a little bit let's... of depth, not just with the rack focus, but also <laughs> right. uh, with some emotions. Get some sad eyes going. Get the yeah. Bill Duke sad eyes. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think we've done it. Have we come to the end? I, yeah, we have. Do you have anything else for this minute? I don't think so. I think we covered it. Okay. I mean, we talked about Sliver, so what <laughs> more can we... <laughs> what else is there? Recommend for the week. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Were you also going to recommend Sliver? Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, Jesus. Double recommend. The Doble. <laughs> the Doble. <laughs> uh, well, does that bring us to weekly recommends? That does. Let's hit up the old recommend jar. Let's. Uh, hey, you know what I did that was based on a recommend from a podcast? I made some pizza with the uh, the old bread flour tonight. Oh. Really good. You know, I got to get your. Uh, exact recipe for that because my wife and i have been talking about my wife my wife i've been talking about (laughs) making some uh pizza at home with the kids because we thought it'd be a fun thing to do on the weekend but i've never oh yeah so i I, uh, after we record uh i'm gonna ask you for your your flower proportions sure sure i'll just send you over the uh send over the image i have it saved to a nice like a little pinterest deal like where i made my own post for that and then really just to link it from our recipe page got it well, um, I'll jump into my recommend if you don't mind. Go for it. Okay. I haven't seen a ton this week, but uh, one movie I did catch was uh, my wife and I sat down and watched Rocket Man the other night. Oh. The, yeah, the Elton John. Uh, oh, I thought it was the Harlan Williams movie where he goes to space. <laughs> like, that's not that good. But I'm glad you sat down to see that with your lovely wife. This is the Elton John biography picture. <laughs> the biopic. Biopic? Biopic? Yeah, um, that's the one. Yeah, it was uh, pretty good. I, I like Elton John's music. Uh, the guy that plays Elton John does a really good job. His name is Taron uh, Ed- oh, Edgerton. Edgerton. He was Love also the gorilla in the animated uh, feature Sing. Right, and he sings the Elton John sings the song Elton John in song. Sing. Right. I'm yeah. still standing, yeah. And he sings all the music in the movie. It's all him. Um, awesome. And the kind of... Uh, the big secret about this movie is that it's a musical and um, I don't normally gravitate towards musicals but um, this one was done really well it was it's kind of a classic rock star story right where like you you know get fame and then all of a sudden you are struggling with drugs and alcohol and addiction and depression and this and that 
so it's kind of that classic story, um, but it's told in a unique way. They use um, Elton John's songs throughout the film as musical numbers, and some of them kind of break the fourth wall. Um, hmm. And it's just on a production level, it's it's really well done and just fun. Like his music was really great, and so it's just uh, it's a it's a fun watch. Um, seeing all of his songs kind of come to life in these little music video style vignettes that also push the story forward. Um, they all kind of tie into whatever's happening in the in the narrative in that moment. So um, I liked it. I thought it was really good. I liked it a lot more than Bohemian Rhapsody that won all the awards earlier. I, I felt like this was much better. So take that for what it is. Oh, <laughs> huh. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that, that sounds... That just came out. Uh, it's available for uh, rent. Um, on whatever streaming service you like to rent videos from. Awesome. Thanks for the, the recommend. I've heard good things about it, and yeah, I was very excited to see that Taron Edgerton was playing Elton John because I really liked him and he's really what good I've seen it. so far. Yeah, he's really yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, so I'll be recommending an oldie but a goodie. Mm, I saw I the it. clue for the first time. Oh, man, that's funny you say that. I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I That movie has come up in conversation a whole bunch of different times just recently. And what? like it, I've been like it's so weird when that happens and I've been meaning it's been it's, like been inspiring me to to watch that movie I haven't watched it since I was like 10 years old so anyway huh. go ahead did you enjoy it yeah I, I really enjoyed it I, I was very surprised by how much I enjoyed it the 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 writing is just really tight but at the same time it feels really loose with how many characters they're having to juggle in the movie mm. it's uh, if you haven't seen Clue, listeners, uh, it's based on the, the game, the board game, <laughs> right. of the same name where there's a, been a murder and you have to figure out who done who done it. John um, and Cleese, right? Is in it? No, not John oh. Cleese. Uh, I might be thinking of a different movie. I don't know. Oh. But Tim Curry is the oh. butler, Wadsworth. Tim Curry. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah everybody's brought to them this big, mysterious house under various circumstances and as the movie unfolds they're learning why they're all brought together and what specific ties they have with each other um, we have just a really good ensemble cast there's not a lot of good ensemble movies like this that are just so yeah. funny and just wicked smart the way the characters interact with each other and just everybody has quips on quips on quips I didn't do <laughs> uh, I will say there's <laughs> there's uh, some mild sexism, misogyny <laughs> kind of stuff going on where, uh, yeah, male characters will sometimes grope a female character, then everybody will be like laughing off, or the female character will, like get your hands off me, see? <laughs> <Right>. So so <laughs> it, it definitely feels dated in that dated yeah. in that regard. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, but I, I yeah I enjoyed the rest of it. I enjoyed the just watching Predator one minute at a time. I can't help but apply some of those things so those like uh, analyses to what we're seeing and i really like the cam work specifically they'll just have the camera on the big room as people are running in and out of it at times oh and, that's great uh, not be moving the camera too much which means the actors have a lot of room to almost like work a and, stage show yeah oh I, I was totally thinking stage shows watching this like this would be so easy to recreate uh, on the stage with the different uh, rooms and everything's in one location um, and everybody's just so funny and so 
goofy at the same time. Like as as wicked smart they are with each other, like <laughs> the characters overall are pretty dumb. It's <laughs> makes makes for a good uh, good little ninety ish minute movie. Well, that seals it. I'm gonna have to rewatch it now. I I know I've seen it before, but it's been so long that I literally don't remember anything about it other than I thought it was really funny when I was like ten or eleven years old. So awesome, recommend. I'm gonna have to rewatch for sure. Thanks. It's it's on Amazon Prime oh, Video, nice. which is really the main reason I watched it yeah, because yeah. I was just kind of scrolling through movies and thought, oh, Clue, like this is the one with, I wasn't thinking John Cleese. I actually was thinking Jonathan Price. No. <laughs> I was wrong as well. I must be thinking of a, a different movie, like a haunted house movie. Right. I'm thinking. So if you, uh, listener out there, have ever been camping and you have had to set up some jungle defenses to protect your campground from bears or thieves or predators at night, uh, yeah, let, right into the show, predatorminute at gmail.com. You can also start conversations on our Facebook page, Predator Minute Listeners Palapa. Targets the center of the Palapa! Uh, you can also find us on Twitter, Predator Minute, or at Predator Minute. <laughs> How about you, Jeff? Where can people find you out there? Oh, well, I'm on the Twitter. I am capital K Carl underscore capital H Hungus 314. Jeff Glover on Twitter. Come follow me there. My name is Carl been expert. We will do that. We will all follow. Everybody follow. One of the no, please don't, please don't. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my most recent discovery on Twitter has been uh, the people who really just post jokes in the form of little conversations, like little three or four line conversations. Oh yeah, those are pretty funny sometimes. Yeah, it's really funny, and when, when you click on one, then you're going to see a bunch of other uh, posts from other people who do the same things. So right. Just in these last few days, I've been adding those because it's. I don't know. It's, it's, it's nice to be able to scroll through social media and laugh versus just <laughs> right. kind of be disgusted with or what people are saying. Instead of just crying at the world burning around you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why don't you laugh instead while the world burns? Right. Yeah. At least be happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, listeners, take care of yourselves out there. Post some jokes. Read some jokes. There you go. And you'll feel better. I guarantee it. And for Predator Minute, I've been John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And until next time, stick around. Stick around. He was um, my friend. Mm. So sad. <laughs> so sad. Mac. Mac. Major, I set up flares, rags, and plane wars. Nothing's coming near this place without chipping on something. Thank you, Sergeant. Mac. Mac! He was a good soldier. He was, um, my friend. Hey everybody, this is Heidi Let off some steam. Bennett of Vibrant Visionaries Podcast and Spinal Tap Minute Podcast. And this is a quick little promo for an upcoming event that my co-host Sean and I wanted to tell you about. And it's Movies by Minutes Portland. Welcome to this promo, Sean. How are you doing over there? Fantastic. Uh, thanks for having me. We're going to be meeting up in Portland, Oregon on Saturday, August 24th for live podcasting games and on the stage we've got the movies by minutes guys from star wars minute actually it's going to be a mashup of star wars minute and the godfather minute oh wow that sounds great yeah and then uh we're gonna have the newly pod game rick from mad max minute is going to be hosting that vibrant visionaries where i'm gonna have the fellas from open the podcast doors hal <laughs> <laughs> which i think you could probably figure out which podcast 
podcast that is. Yeah. yeah. And then just added the cast and the furious. So lots of live podcasting and some games going on. So I wanted to ask you about the game that you're going to be a part of. Why don't you tell me more about the cystic fibrosis fundraiser movie trivia tournament? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, trivia competition between teams of uh, movie podcasters and movie fans answering uh, trivia questions about movies in Portland on that Saturday will be uh, the final round to name this year's champion. And this is all to raise funds for research into cystic fibrosis. The contestants can get hints from the audience for, um, I think it'll be five or $10 or something like that. Yeah. So just a little bit more about the event. It is actually the third year we've done this. We started by doing a Movies by Minutes in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Last year we went to Denver. This year we're in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> Tickets are $20. It's a family-friendly event, and it's really a social event. So we'll have a break for lunch. We'll have a beer and wine will be served, and um, and then lots of live podcasting and just opportunities to socialize and, and hang out with fellow listeners, hang out with other podcasters. If you're a podcaster out there in the Pacific Northwest, we'd love to have you come and, you know, mix, mingle and swag swap with us. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's just a it's not just for the movies by minutes listener, but the podcast listener and fan alike. This is not it's not a a technical conference. If you've if you've ever been to a conference for work where everyone's talking about kind of the behind the scenes stuff and the nitty gritty There's certainly some of that. There will be experienced podcasters there. So if you're looking to get your own podcast off the ground and and you want to talk to some people and and get some input, there's that as well. But it's mainly for listeners. Listeners should, I think, would get the most out of it. See some, you know, see your favorite podcasts live on stage. And also there are a lot of folks that will be coming in from around the country and around the world the, the formal meeting itself that you need to buy a ticket to is just that Saturday, but we'll be around that whole weekend. I know a lot of the podcasters into board games. So if you're a big board game person, there's going to be informal gatherings of people playing board games. If, if you're into pinball and arcade games, I've been scouting out arcades in the Portland area, and there's a few that are not too far from the theater. So I'm sure there's going to be some pinball and video game uh, playing going on that weekend as well. So it really is a a whole weekend of uh, fun and events for, again, for podcasters, for listeners, for folks that just love to talk about movies. Sweet. We should tell the fine folks where they can get tickets. Go to moviesbyminutes.com slash Portland. That's moviesbyminutes.com slash Portland to buy tickets. Again, tickets are 20 bucks. Listeners, we look forward to seeing you there. All right. See you in Portland. See you in Portland.